Hi, this is Kenny. And this is Mark. And this is All I Want to Do is Talk About Madonna. Album 7, track 9. Sanctuary. Well, an interesting track. A bold turn. A very bold turn. Uh, and a new a new sound. I I I I have long since thought that that you can't have this album without this song. This this to me is uh the the uh, a small crack of the door to the future opening. Yeah, I like that. I think that's just absolutely a crack, right. Just a crack. Well, let's not get crazy, but we're it's it's a crack. I like cracks. Okay. Yeah, you do. I know you do. Um, and and this is a song that um, Madonna wrote with Dallas Austin, and then Nellie Hooper came in and kind of redid the whole thing, remixed it, um, and turned it into kind of the spacious wonderland that it it winds up being. Well, yes, yes. However, I will say Dallas Austin and Madonna did not write this song. Correct. The song Who was wrote actually, the song? It was written by a group called Edna Snap. <laughs> um, who you may be saying, Edna Snap? It Ooh. sounds like a cut song from the Hairspray musical. <laughs> <laughs> Edna Snap. Edna hey, Snap. Do the Edna Snap. Oh, poor, poor Edna Snap. This, um, you know, the name probably was the first, you know, nail in the coffin of their careers um they are a duo whose name uh who are ann previn and scott cutler and they are probably most well known for writing uh the song torn which natalie imbruglia brought to fame in the mid 90s a couple years after this album i thought i saw a man born to lie he was warm, he came around like he was dignified He showed me what it was to cry Well, you couldn't be that man I adore You don't seem to know, you seem to care what your heart is for Well, I don't know him anymore There's nothing where he used to lie The conversation has run But they had written this song, Sanctuary, and they were friends with, I guess, Dallas Austin or Nellie Hooper. And they, um, somebody said, oh, I think Madonna may like this song. And so they, they passed it on to her and Madonna did like it. And she did, you know, the stuff that Madonna typically does with the song where she adds additional lyrics and changes melody. And then uh, they recorded it. And uh, there's a great little interview with Ann Previn about the song, which I'm just going to read. Uh, a couple Ooh. quotes from yeah because she talks about sort of what happened uh, a rare female collaborator well for- not a collaborator at all as you'll hear in a second so she says um 
At the time, I thought she ruined the song. She said, I even called and arranged a meeting with her and went in. And I was like, you're missing something. You took out the verse. You can't take out the verse. At least have that and put back the harmony. She looked at me, you know, like, yeah, uh uh-huh. But I thought I should have control because it was my song. And it was the first time somebody had done a song of mine. And I was just kind of stupid. Oh, Anne. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Then she's like, I'm a control freak. And I have a certain vision of the way I want a song to turn out. So it's hard to let go. I made specific suggestions, like put the verse back in here and add some harmonies there. She had rewritten the lyrics, clipped them and spun them over to the same melody. So it was like this intense housey kind of thing. Mm. I put my two cents in and she respected that. She didn't change it back, but she listened. Once I heard her whole album, though, I understood what she was going for. So it worked out in the end. And and I think, uh, well, a few things. First of all, Anne, you don't know Control Freak until you've met our friend Madonna. Second of all, um, I think it's great that she listened to her. I mean, that's that's really kind of diplomatic and and kind of kind. And it was probably 15 minutes that she <laughs> felt she never got back. But, you know, <laughs> and um, I mean, the song, if you look at the song, it, it's so a Madonna song. It's it's about finding home and um, the, the religious aspect of a sanctuary. And totally, you know, the, totally. the, it's so in the wheelhouse and it makes kind of sense that people would listen to a demo of this and... Um, and their version never has seen the light of day. No, there was no, it never, there's never a version that we heard of theirs. So I would, I would die to hear that. It would just be so, such a curiosity, but you know, apparently like the, all, all like the chord progressions and everything are not from sanctuary. It was like that. Uh, I think Nellie Hooper had come in with that, that bass, that mm-hmm. sound, and that's sort of what it got mixed into. So everything that was originally part of the song is kind of gone. And even the melody is different, you know? Well, and um, we should also bring up that that there's a brilliant uh, Herbie Hancock sample that basically yeah. sets the tone for the whole song um, from his song, Watermelon Man, yeah. which was from a 70s um, album that he did. And um, I just listened to it again. It's so, sev- the cover of this album is so 70s, <laughs> but um, he did it because he was in, he, he redid basically a demo song or demo melody and redid it and added like synthesizers and stuff to it based on Sly and the Family Stone. Oh, interesting. So and his, another, and, and yeah. yeah, so it, it, it's kind of related to Madonna's kind of earlier stuff as well, which For I sure. thought was really interesting. Um, yeah, and I love that. I mean, I think, yeah, I love it too. It's a really weird song though. Have you, you know, like, it's like a really weird song. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's out of the box and kind of, uh, it's definitely, there was that period in the seventies of jazz and stuff where um, everybody was kind of feeling this pressure to be, um, to kind of stretch the limits and the boundaries and stuff. And uh, I think this was one of Herbie Hancock's real genuine attempts at that.
I love Herbie Hancock, though. You know, if I were to be totally honest, which I guess I am being, um, the only song I really know of Herbie Hancock's is Rocket. Uh, he he won a few years ago. He won uh, the Grammy for Best Album of the Year in this huge upset uh, for his album of Joni Mitchell covers. Oh wow! That he did. Yeah, he's a huge Joni person, and Joni's on the record, and um, Tina Tina Turner's on that record. Um, it, it, it's a great collection. So he's been around, and he's he's such a genius in terms of stretching um, genre and pushing things. And he really takes these Joni, again, Joni Mitchell. This yeah. this feels like Madonna's Joni Mitchell record for some no, reason. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> but it's interesting we're bringing her up again because yeah, Joni, yeah. Jo, you know, he, he takes these songs that you think you know by heart inside out and he just takes them and stretches them and really shows you what how well built they are in a way that you hear all these new things i mean tina turner's uh selections edith and the kingpin and it's incredible and um and she sounds incredible singing it and it's awesome the big man Disco dancers greet him. Plain clothes cops greet him. Small town big man, fresh lipstick listening. Sophomore drive from victims um, of typhoid. But back to sanctuary. Yeah, back to sanctuary. Can we talk about? So I wanted to talk about the lyrics. A yeah. Bit. Because I think the lyrics are really beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, the sort of opposition in them, who needs the sun, you know, who need, and then she sort of talks about, you know, like she sort of puts things in opposition all the time in the lyrics. And it reminded me in that way when I was listening to it again of like, don't tell me. Oh. Like that there's this sort of like, you know, the opposite is the thing. You know what I mean? You can tell the rain. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. That's really interesting. It, 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 it lays this foundation about, because th this song to me, first of all, I love how it links into Bedtime Story in a way that kind of like Dear Jesse flowed into Oh Father and yeah, Like yeah. a Prayer. And it, it almost feels like this kind of house that she's built, this musical home that she's built over the course of the previous tracks is now lifting. The roof is lifting off and we're shooting up into the air. And what's so interesting about this album is, about this song is, like Don't Tell Me, she's starting to put her feelings, her emotions, her 
insecurities, her questions into this larger universal con- context. It's no longer about one person, one individual. It's about the world and how 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 I feel in the world, how the world is informing me and how I'm informing the world. Oftentimes in drama, what I talk about with students is like, we have this story of one person, but they're one person in relationship to the world around them. And so this is like, she's talking about the earth. She's talking about the sky. She's talking about water. She's thinking about like, I'm walking through the elements. I am part of the elements. Yes. And, you know, and yeah, I think that I love the image that you have of like the roof coming off and we're flying into the sky. This, this album sort of like has, it's like, it's been on this runway forever and it's sort of in the sky, but then it like, now it's breaking through yeah. into space and we're going into this dreamscape, you know? Like if this is a bedtime story, this is the one that's sort of putting us into sleep, you know? Yeah, yeah. And and I I love, I think this, I remember when this, this song came on uh, the first time and um, I wasn't really ready for the sound and for the, the, the kind of expansiveness of it. And the other, th- and, and yet the Nellie Hooper production makes it this really cool, spacious, massive. This is the first time I really hear the kind of massive attack. I mean, this basically sends me into the second half of my 90s because, you know, this is 1994. I go to college in 1995. And then I'm in London for six months in 1997, which was when Massive Attack was huge. Portishead was huge. All this electronica was like surging through the world. And this kind of was the beginning. I remember this being like, oh, this sounds like Sanctuary on Madonna's record, Bedtime uh-huh. Stories. Yeah. Because this is the last album we get before the late 90s from Madonna. And I there, there's this feeling of like, where else can this go besides the traditional pop structure? This song does not have traditional pop song structure. And it it kind of blows the roof off of what a Madonna song can sound like, I think, in this really cool way. Yeah, totally. I think you're totally right. She's sort of like, I'm going to rewrite the playbook or this, this sort of lets me open up into something totally new. I absolutely agree. On the flip side of that, I, and I guess this is sort of what you're saying, but I'm going to say it more directly or maybe Mm. not, maybe you feel differently. Um, I agree that the production elements of the song are amazing and like the actual instrumentation, like I love that bass that we hear yeah. that bump, 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 bump. And I love the sort of great synthy sound and the beat is really cool. Um, but I really, really, really hate this melody. I don't like how her voice lands. Mm. It kind of is um, a little... I don't know. It like, it really just like hits me in a place where I don't want to hear her. Like when she gets into that, it's that same voice she uses in inside of me, but it's to less effectiveness for me at least. Well, and, and uh, I, I notice it when she bursts in with, is all this pain so necessary? You are my, at the, near the end after that kind of like groovy, interlude and all of a sudden she's into it again. Yeah. Um I almost wish it's so interesting you bring that up because it 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 is it's an experiment that's going to pay off later. 
Yeah. In the way right. that, you know, and it gets us ready for things like skin and yes. um, Om Shanti on, on Ray of Light. I almost wish there was just like a speak, like her speaking, yeah. her Walt Whitman quotes. And yeah. I wish she had done more of that kind of thing where it was just kind of like a spoken word, almost like a, not a rap, because we don't need Madonna rapping more. But I do like this idea of her like murmuring through the production, almost like she's like a searcher wandering through the desert of the song. And she pops up every once in a while for a a, a, a kind of quote. <laughs> I think in a lot of ways, I see it in that, the way you're saying it makes me think of the Beast Within mix, you know, it's like, yeah. Just, but I think this funny thing about her just walking through and like saying quotes from Walt Whitman, I just want to address that. like Or Mary Oliver, her new or, favorite. Right, Mary right, Oliver right. would be. <laughs> Which may, has made me be like, oh, I've never read any Mary Oliver. And, and this is the thing also, you know, I always talk about Madonna, like, brings these references and then I look them up and I learned something. And oh, yeah, Mary Oliver. I love Mary Oliver because she, um, she, she lived in Provincetown for years and years and years and wrote all about Provincetown and dogs. And mm. she's like my hero. She, and she writes a lot about nature. Her, she has nature essays that are just stunning. Who made the world? Who made the swan and the black bear? Who made the grasshopper? This grasshopper, I mean, the one who has flung herself out of the grass, the one who is eating sugar out of my hand, who is moving her jaws back and forth instead of up and down, who is gazing around with her enormous and complicated eyes. Now she lifts her pale forearms and thoroughly washes her face. Now she snaps her wings open and floats away. I don't know exactly what a prayer is. I do know how to pay attention, how to fall down into the grass, how to kneel down in the grass, how to be idle and blessed, how to stroll through the fields, which is what I have been doing all day. Tell me, what else should I have done? Doesn't everything die at last and too soon? Tell me. What is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? So there is all this sort of poetry or poeticism um, flying through this album. I would say that um, Bedtime Story, the next song, is poetry as well. Yeah. I find it very interesting that the next song has a, has a line, words are useless, especially sentences, because so much of this, like you just said, so much in, in this album is, uh, there are references everywhere, literary references and, and, and kind of riffs on um, literary ideas and identities. And... Yeah. And so I think that this is kind of the transition because everything else up to this point has been so rooted. And now we're kind of in this like, okay, here we go. We're lift, like you said, we're lifting off into the sky where the, the traditional rules are no longer going to apply. She never did it live. She's never performed it. Um, I'd yeah. love to see her use this song in one of the video interludes. Um, yeah, ideally without the vocal, uh, <laughs> where she's just quoting, you know, Mary, you know, she's quoting poets. And 
I'd love to see a production of that and what that would look like, how she would interpret this song visually today. I think that would be really interesting. In a dream world, I would want some version of Sanctuary that sort of then slowly leads us into bedtime story. That's what I would want. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Because I want that experience. That would be amazing. Be mystical. I'd love her to start the show with this. I'd love this to be the interlude that kicks off a a Madonna concert. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah, you know what's interesting that you say that is that I I wanted to say this with a lot of this album that I really wonder what are, and specifically me because I've had harder um, times with some of these songs. I wonder what my perception of some of these songs would have been if there had been live versions of them. Exactly. Because I think this song, I actually think I'd Rather Be Your Lover. I even think Don't Stop would have been... I would have liked them more if I had heard them and seen them live. In a different incarnation than yeah. what she did on the album. This is a bigger conversation because we have this the, the, those four songs with those four distinct videos with four distinct looks and all of that. And then we have the rest of this that's just all a mystery. Yeah. And that's what I, lo- I, I kind of love the dichotomy between these songs that are so mysterious because she never comes back to them. She never returns to them really. And then these ones that are like iconically concrete Madonna video songs. Yeah, but even of those, like she only returns to really two of them every once in a while we hear Take a Bow. But like, you know, so yeah, I think in a way too, this goes to this idea of this whole album as a secret. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and so I think that is super interesting. And Sanctuary, Um, Sanctuary to me feels as one of the most mysterious songs on the album. Yeah. Well, like, as you said, and to your point about this creating like a new template kind of song for Madonna, like this is a part of her that, yeah, becomes more and more pronounced. Like this becomes the first of like a whole bunch of like, I think Paradise is a song like this, you know, falls into this category. I think that there's always a song now on a Madonna album that's this kind of mystical spiritual song that I thought of you know, I thought of Mer Girl this time because uh, of, of yeah. um I want to be buried um yeah. so I do think that Madonna really takes this song with her on the next part of her journey and comes back to it do you know who doesn't um come come on to the journey with her is um Dallas Austin this is the this is his exit it is his exit um what's interesting too though about Dallas Austin is like there's no interview, video, anything where he talks about working with her. No. And there's none actually for most of the collaborators on this album, except for Babyface, who talks about working with her. Well, I also, I have a couple of theories about that. That's interesting you bring that up. This, these these collaborators are used to working with big name people. So unless somebody asked about them, I don't think that they're going to just offer up stuff. And I do think it was kind of a tough collaborative process, particularly for Dallas Austin, because aside from Secret, all of his songs were redone and re- kind of tweaked around later after the fact the, the Dallas, the secret is the only Dallas Austin original that stays a Dallas Austin production. I mean, I think survival kind of stays the same, doesn't it? No, it gets remixed. Really? Oh, okay. Yeah. 
So, yeah, so it's, yeah. it's yeah. It, it, you know, so I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe in the liner notes for the new reissues, uh, we will get interviews with all of these people about what it was like working with Madonna. Yeah, maybe. In 1994. Maybe. Till next time. Bye.